Welcome back to the 643 Conspiracy. I'm your host, Hank, and uh, thank you for tuning in to the Wednesday Sports Show. Uh, before I get into talking any ball or anything, we're going to take care of some housekeeping up front. Uh, just want to give an update on the GoFundMe. Uh, as of time of recording, I think it was 83 donors had donated about $5,700, and I just want to say that's outstanding. Uh, you have knocked it out of the park, and I want to thank everyone that is given to Ryan's family in this time. And I ask that if anybody else can, no amount is too little. If you can donate anything, they would greatly appreciate it. Uh, we've had tremendous support from the podcasting community alongside family and friends of Ryan, and it's just, it's been a, a huge blessing to have everybody doing what they're doing but uh yeah so let's talk a little baseball um it's been a pretty interesting season so far it's been a lot of unexpected teams showing out it's been a lot of perennial powerhouses underperforming uh it's been a a bunch of teams that are are just blowing the competition away and then you have other teams that are just being decimated by injuries and uh it's been a really fun season to watch so far um your overall standings in the american league you've got your tampa bay rays in first place and and when i say the tampa bay rays are on pace it, it looks like they're on pace through their first 43 games they're 32 and 11 there's 162 games in a season so they're roughly a quarter of the way they they could be one of the few teams to ever get well above the 100 105 i know the the dodgers a year or two ago had 116 wins the rays are on pace to to win about 120 plus games if they keep winning at the clip they're playing uh, just to let you know how dominant they are, uh, of course, they're top of their division. They've got a f- uh, four-and-a-half game lead on Baltimore in their division. They're 19-3 at home, and they're 13-8 and eight on the road. They just don't lose. Uh, they have a 123 positive run differential. That means combined all the scores of the games that they've played this season and they have scored 123 more runs than they've allowed they've scored 268 runs and only given up 145 it is insane that is that is phenomenal the the rays could go and play 500 ball for the rest of the season and still cruise into the playoffs it, they they have set themselves up with a they could completely melt down i mean they could completely melt down and and win every other game for the rest of the season and still find themselves potentially not even having to play for a wild card spot uh in second place in the american league overall you do have the baltimore orioles and that's one of those teams that not I mean, if you watched closely last season, they really didn't miss the playoffs but by much. They kind of sputtered at the end in a few clutch series that really decided their fate 
as far as the playoffs last year were concerned. But they were there. <clears throat> Excuse me. And and this year they've got outstanding production from their young talent. And they've got it production off the charts from players that people probably don't know their names. Uh, Jorge Mateo is their starting shortstop, and he's arguably top three shortstops in the league right now. Not many people know about him. You've got Adley Rutschman. Y'all have heard me talk about him before, the switch-hitting second-year catcher, and he is just looking insane. He is looking insane. Uh, for the diehard baseball fans, you'll know how crazy it is to have a switch-hitting catcher uh, really, the last one worth any weight in salt was uh, Jorge Posada for the Yankees. So uh, Baltimore's really got something good going. They're twenty-seven and fifteen overall on the year. I mean, they're they're looking really good. They're matching uh, Tampa Bay's road uh, road wins at thirteen and eight. So I mean, they're they're just as good on the road as they are at home. Anytime you have a, a, a team that can win no matter where they're playing, you can almost guarantee them to be in talks for playoff spots come the end of the year. Uh, third place in the American League is the Texas Rangers, and it's not really a surprise to me that they're there. They have spent millions and millions of dollars over the last two to three seasons securing big-name position players, and big arm talent. And I know that they get a lot of flack for signing Jacob DeGrom, but DeGrom's a great pitcher. He's arguably the best pitcher on the face of the planet when that man is healthy and he is going. And I don't think that's an argument. You, I'll love to sit here and listen to you try to argue that, but I don't think you're ever going to come out on top because Jacob DeGrom is filthy. And I want to say he's like... 30 something. He's in his early 30s, so he's not necessarily young anymore, but he's been doing this for a while. It's just he's been plagued by injury. But they're, you know, the Rangers have a good thing going. They've got Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon holding down the middle infield, and it's beautiful. Things are popping over there. They've got a good mix of young talent and established veterans. And so they're, that's why they're sitting with 26 wins and 16 losses in third place in the American League. Uh, right behind them at 24 wins and 18 losses is Toronto Blue Jays, and I don't think it's any surprise that they're uh, at fourth place in the American League at this point in the season. They've got strong pitching in their bullpen and in their rotation, led by Alec Manoa. They've got position players of stardom throughout their field. They've got Vlad Guerrero Jr., who's dropped 30 pounds in the offseason and is no longer just a mandatory DH. He's back to being able to play in the field, looking athletic. Bo Bichette is still... If you don't know Bo Bichette's numbers, you're missing out. He has, since he's been in the league, led the AL in hits, led the AL in production. The man doesn't have that... Uh, platinum glove defense that you would really like to see, but his offense more than makes up for it, and his numbers back it up. There, He's a big reason of why the Blue Jays are, you know, 24 wins in fourth place. The Blue Jays have a lot going for them. And uh, in fifth place, at 25 wins, 19 losses, you've got your Yankees. And anybody that 
paid attention to their season early on. You know, they can't stay healthy to save their lives, but they're finally getting a few players back and it's showing because they were pretty far down the, you know, they were at least eight or ninth in the, in the American league just a week and a half ago. They finally started stringing together some wins. Like I said, a few episodes ago, with me and Ryan, I, I was talking about them. I said, you, next thing you know, they're going to get their players back and that you're going to look up and they're going to be in the middle of another 12-game winning streak. That's just what the Yankees do. Uh, right behind the Yankees in sixth, 23 wins and 19 losses, are uh, Ryan's Astros. And they're another team that's starting to slowly get players back. Now, they've had a couple of, you know, really big injuries up front, but they've had enough depth in their organization to bring up a few players like Mauricio Dubon and Corey Jokes. And um, there's another cat that has been playing lights out for them. Ryan would cuss me out for not knowing their name. Sorry, brother. Uh, but they're, they're playing some good ball over there in Houston. You know, they're on a, they're on a three game winning streak right now. And they have a, a, plus 30 run differential, so they're starting to really string stuff together and move along. Uh, what's got me surprised is right behind the Astros is the Minnesota Twins, and I just don't, and maybe that's more of a, uh, speaks more to what the bottom half the American League has to offer than it is the Twins. I mean, they're only four games above 500 at 24 and 40, but they do have a plus 42 run differential. So that tells me that they can go out and score the ball and their pitching does show out at times. I know that they have a couple of hot arms and Joe Ryan, um, Sonny Gray is another pitcher that they went out and acquired and he's really been going off for them. Uh, they need Carlos Correa to Carlos Correa to go, uh, but Byron Buxton can't be the only one holding that team together. Once they start hitting on all cylinders, once it gets warm in Minnesota and they start getting some more favorable weather up there, I feel like Minnesota might have the opportunity if they can stay healthy to pop off and stay in contention for the postseason. Uh, behind Minnesota, you've got Boston. And the Red Sox were not expected to be able to win a game if you <laughs> listen to most big league or mainstream sports outlets. The the Boston Red Sox were laughed at. They went and got Masataka, Masataka Yoshida from Japan, who's never seen a major league pitch. And all he's done, it took him a second to get going. It took him a good solid month to get going. But ever since he's gotten adjusted to being in America, playing in the MLB, he Masataka Yoshida has been carrying the Boston Red Sox. He is. It's been fun to watch him play. And uh, I seen a clip earlier of Rich Hill. He's one of their left-handed starters. Dude's like 57 years old. And Miguel Cabrera was at bat. Miguel Cabrera hit a squibbler to the first baseman. The first baseman tossed it to to Rich Hill, and it was a foot race between Cabrera and and, and Hill to the bag. And it was the fun. It was like watching. <laughs> Two snails race down the yard. It was, it was hilarious. Yeah, if y'all got, if y'all can go find that clip, it, it's a, it's a fun, it's fun. Like, cause you've got Methuselah and Abraham out there racing, and you got just two ancient guys. But it, it's, it's fun. Ryan would have had a laugh at that. Uh, behind Boston, we've got the Angels. Uh, looks to be like another disappointing season for the Halos. 
outside of Mike Trout and Shohei Otani. You don't have anything. You've got a bunch of uh, names and bodies out there, but they're just not able to compete on a big league level, apparently. I mean, they're one game above 500. That's better than everybody else that I'm going to end up mentioning. But, I mean, there's time for them to turn it around. They're not completely out of it. They're only 10 games out of the lead completely. You've got the Rays up there with 32 wins, and then everybody else is within six wins of each other, pretty much, except for the after the Mariners. The Mariners right behind the Angels at 20. They're 21-21. They're, they're even. So between Seattle and Baltimore, you've got six wins. That's not a huge deficit in any world. Uh, there's a lot of time left. Like I said, we've only played about a quarter of this season. There's 162 games, and we've only played about 43 of them. And that's going into tonight. None of this is counting tonight. Um, after, Like I said, about after the Angels, you've got Seattle. And they're a young team trying to plug in some veterans. And if they can just stay healthy, they'll they'll pop off. I know I say that about every team, but every team is going to be hurt at some point or other. And it always seems to be that one person on your team that was the final piece of the puzzle that made everything click. See, especially in a case like Seattle, who's dependent on young talent like Julio Rodriguez and George Kirby, they're, they need consistency in their lineup, which only happens if you're healthy. Uh, the, the the basement of the AL, you've got Detroit, Cleveland Guardians, the Chicago White Sox, Kansas City Royals, and I am completely impressed by the Oakland, Oakland Athletics. They're the worst team in baseball, obviously, but they've only won 10 games. <laughs> that is hard to do, to only go out and win 10 games and lose 35. They've played 45 games, and they've only won 10. Like, that takes effort. So I think a round of applause – for the Oakland Athletics is a is in order. Uh, obviously, they're getting ready to move to Las Vegas here soon, and that's going to open up a world of troubles because Las Vegas is really crowded with um, sports stadiums and, st- and teams as it is. There's a minor league team there that, by law, can't be in Las Vegas once the Athletics move into town. But I'm really excited to see what happens with the ownership, if they'll just keep doing what they did in Oakland and run Las Vegas into the ground too. Or they might come out and decide that once they're over there, they want to spend some money and actually compete and do this thing we call winning. That's an overall looking your American League. We're going to move on to the National League. And uh, it's uh, not a surprise to see the Dodgers taken off in the first place with a record of 28-16. and 16. And just for comparison, the first place in the National League only has 28 wins compared to the 32 wins that the Tampa Bay Rays have come off with. And if anybody knows the Dodgers, the Dodgers are the perennial powerhouse. They have always been good. They've always had depth. They've always had star players everywhere you look at every level on the field. So it's really not a surprise to see them sitting up top. It's just a surprise to see that the, no matter that how good the Dodgers have gotten off to a great start, 
the Rays have done just that much more. I it's not a it's I can't overstate how much of a lead Tampa Bay has built up for themselves. I mean, I know I'm talking about the National League now, but it, it's it it's unreal. Like I've never seen any team ever in all my years of watching baseball do what they're doing. It it is a, truly a historic pace. But back to the National League, you've got your Dodgers, and Clayton Kershaw has just been at 34 years old. I think he is. He is having one of the best years of his career that he's had in a long time. Uh, he looks like vintage Kershaw, except he doesn't have quite the velocity on his fastball, but that's never really what he was known for. Clayton Kershaw has about three different breaking balls that will have you up there looking stupid. Clayton Kershaw is one of the best pitchers I've, I've ever seen in my life. And they're, they lost Gavin Lux, who was supposed to be their starting shortstop, you know, in spring training, but they have just plugged in different players. They've called up James Altman to play the center field, and nobody had ever heard of James Altman that wasn't a Dodgers fan, but a lot of people know who he is now. Dude may not be the hottest bat in the world, but he plays a stellar center field. Uh, I got to see, I got to watch a few games of it myself when the Cardinals played the Dodgers not too long ago. Right behind the Dodgers, you've got Atlanta, and they're having a fantastic season. They were my pick to run away with the NL East, which they lead their division in. It was really going to come down between them and the Mets. I was hoping the Phillies were going to be in there, and I don't know what's going on in Philadelphia. We'll get to them in a minute, but it seems like this is going to be Atlanta's division to lose. I know that they just lost Max Freed, I think it was, which is a huge loss to them because Max Freed was arguably one of their 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 ace. But they've got Spencer Strider. They've got uh, now that now that I'm trying to come up with his name, I don't have it. But he's there. He's another young picture they've called up. Nobody knows who he is, but he's throwing really good. They've got Charlie Morton still able to produce innings for him. So, I mean, they've got 26 wins on the season, so it's not like they're doing anything wrong. Uh, Ozzie Albies, Acuna has been playing out of this world. Uh, Austin Riley's been doing Austin Riley things, and they've got some guys out there that you might not know of necessarily either, but I promise you if you look into them like Michael Harris the second, that boy is a baller. He is an absolute stud. But, uh... And the Braves are looking good. The The Braves are going to, actually, my favorite to win the National League and play for the World Series championship at the end of the year. It'll it, To me, it's going to be between them and the Dodgers. Uh, behind Atlanta, you've got the Milwaukee Brewers. I don't like Milwaukee. I'm a Cardinals fan. I, if, you, if anybody is listening to this that likes Milwaukee, I'm sorry. I don't mean to be rude. But I just don't like Milwaukee. I don't like the Brewers. I really never have. Uh, they're they're doing good. I mean, they're doing a hell of a lot better than St. Louis is. Uh, they're 24 and 18. They're struggling with injuries just like everyone else. I want to say Brandon Woodruff just went down, but they're just now getting Corbin Burns back, and they're arguably two of the best pitchers in the league, especially together in the same rotation. Uh, Freddie Peralta's been pretty solid for him. I know the Cardinals roughed him up a couple nights ago, but uh, the the Brewers have stable uh, plenty of plenty of good arms 
they've got some pretty good position players too. I've been able to Cardinals actually play game three of their series in Bush tonight. But uh, the Brewers aren't aren't doing too bad. I mean, they're third place in the National League. Right behind them, you've got the Arizona Diamondbacks. And they are one of those teams that I mentioned earlier in the podcast that nobody saw coming. They've been a perennial cellar dweller. They've never developed anybody. They've always, I mean, they've traded Paul Goldschmidt for a bag of peanuts and a used napkin. It was embarrassing. And... They have suddenly, over the last five years, figured out how to develop players because they have some of the best young talent that's playing on the major league level right now. Uh, oh, Lord, I know his name and I see his face. The The D-backs have some good things going on over there. and They got some good arms in their pen. Uh, the Pirates are still alive right behind them, 23 and 20. They've had a... They were another one of those teams that just shot out of the gate. And I and I, I remember saying I wondered how long it was going to last. And it looks like they finally come crashing back down to earth a little bit. They're 3-7 and seven in their last 10. They're only three games above 500. But they've, they've got the potential to keep the lead in, or keep second place locked up in the NL Central. They're only one game back of Milwaukee. And they've got a good, comfortable four or five game lead over the Cubs and the Reds. And they've got a six game lead over the Cardinals. So they're, they're, they're doing enough. They've got enough veteran presence on that young team to really keep them going. And as long as those arms in the bullpen and in the rotation don't implode, the Pittsburgh Pirates will be in contention for the playoffs for the first time in a, in a few years, and it's going to be fun to watch. I'm, I'm pulling for them personally, even as a Cardinals fan. Behind Pittsburgh in uh, sixth place in the National League, you've got your Miami Marlins sitting uh, at 500 at 21 and 21. They're one of those teams I can't figure out because they, they have – all the position players and pitchers that you need, but they never go anywhere. I mean, they had the they have the reigning NL Cy Young winner in Sandy Alcantara, and he's one of the nastiest pitchers out there. But they just don't ever do anything. I mean, they're about a 500 team. They might be in contention with the playoffs, but with the teams right behind them. In the Mets, the the Giants, the Padres, and the Phillies, those those four teams are subject to at any moment take off and start slaughtering opponents. The money that is in the Mets, the Padres, and the Phillies organization in their in their rotation players in their bullpen, the money that they're paying their players could cure every. Sickness in America feed every homeless person. They are paying billions of dollars to these four payrolls. It is absurd the money that they're making. And for them to all be stuck at 20 and 23 is pretty funny. But they're, they, they put that money into players for a reason. And it's a long season. And you definitely don't want to exhaust your guys early. You have to pace yourself for 162 games. And I think 
that the Mets, the Giants, the Padres, and the Phillies will all be up there with the Dodgers and the Braves for the National League playoffs come the end of the year. I don't see... I see Pittsburgh having an outside chance. I see the the Diamondbacks having a really solid chance. But with them being in the same division as Los Angeles, it's just going to be tough. The The Central will come down. I'm Mark calling it now. May 17th, the Cardinals and the Brewers will be the two teams fighting for the NL Central at the end of the year. The, the Cubs are going to Cubs, the Reds are going to Reds, and the Pirates, they're the only other one I give a real real shot to. They're the only one. If I had to pick three teams, it would definitely be the Cubs, Pirates, or not the Cubs, but the Cardinals, Pirates, and the Brewers playing for the NL Central. But after that log jam of, of the Mets, Giants, Padres, and Phillies, you do have your Cubs and Reds tied at uh, 19 wins, and 23 losses. Well, actually, the Reds have 24 losses. Then the Rockies have 19 wins, but they have 25 losses. The Nationals at 18 wins, 24 losses. And then in last place in the National League, the embarrassing St. Louis Cardinals. And I can defend the Cardinals a little bit because they have really started to pop off over their last three series, we've come out and won three straight opening series games, game ones of our last three series, when we went 0 for 10 up to that point. We've had offensive production across the board for the most part. Arenado's homered in five straight games. My fantasy team has loved that. Nolan Gorman is elite. This man is a second-year player, and he is leading the league in on-base percentage. or is, It's either on-base percentage or on-base plus slugging. Like, all he does is hit extra base hits and homers. Nolan Gorman and Nolan Arenado with a little Paul Goldschmidt sprinkled in, and as much as I hate to say it, quietly Paul DeYoung. They've, they've really been carrying the Cardinals offensively. And we're only ten and a half games out of the whole National League race. I mean, that no, no, there's plenty of time to eat up a ten and a half game lead. When we look at it in division, you know, break it down into divisions, the Cardinals are only seven and a half games back of Milwaukee. They can they can eat seven and a half games up like it's breakfast. I like looking at these divisional races. It, it, it kind of lets you know where everybody's at. Like your American League East, nine games separate Boston and Tampa. That's not a lot. When you're looking at it at a hun, another hundred and twenty games left to play, and you've only got to make it up nine. That's that's not impossible. Whereas in the in the AL West, your your Oakland Athletics are seventeen and a half games back of your Rangers. Whereas the Houston Astros are only three games back of your Rangers. Houston's going to end up blowing away the AL West again, and it's not going to be a surprise because they do it every year. 
uh, by look of it, the closest race in baseball is actually the NL Central. That's not the best record throughout all the teams, but as far as divisional races are concerned, the NL Central is actually your closest race. It's just fun to look at it in different ways. Um, if anybody wants me to talk about any other sports or any more any teams more specifically than just a general overview, let me know. I don't I don't mind talking about any one team or any sport really. I'll I'll look into just about anything, and we can use these Wednesday sports shows to talk about what y'all want to hear about. Let this computer load up real quick, and we'll look into what the Astros have going on in their schedule this week. So it looks like they're going to be playing game three of their series versus the Cubs tonight at 7-10, and that's going to be a central timing. Uh, they're on a three-game winning streak, which is not a surprise because, like I said, they're getting some players back. You've got Mauricio Dubon leading their team in batting average at 309. Jordan's still leading the team in home runs. And RBIs, he's got 39 RBIs. That's up there with, that's close to the, you know, that's upper upper third of the league in RBIs for sure. See if this thing will load up for me quickly. I'm interested to see who the Astros play next. All right, so like I said, they're finishing up their three-game series with Chicago this evening, and then they're going to be home for three games against Oakland. That's going to be another three-game sweep, and then they're going to go on the road for a six-game road stint. They're going to go on the road for three games Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday at Milwaukee, followed by a later week series at Oakland. So the the Astros very well could go 7 and 2 on a on what I feel to be a conservative like that's that's if they I, I they're going to go 6 and 0 oh against their games against Oakland. That that's a given. And I think they can actually take 2 or 3 if not make the sweep in Milwaukee. Milwaukee's really not that great. The Cardinals poured 18 runs on them two nights ago. And that says something. So it's going to be fun. I'm, I'm going to keep an eye on the Astros this weekend, see what they do. I'll probably come back to y'all Sunday when I'm back with Drew for our talk about flat earth and many lands or extra lands. And I'll have some more specifics about how this last game against Chicago and how the first two games and possibly, well, the third game's at 1.10 in the afternoon. So I'll have 
probably a full series recap for you on the Astros versus Oakland Athletics. Like I said, if anybody wants me to look into any specific team, you can reach out to me on the page's Instagram or the the podcast Instagram six four three underscore po- uh, conspiracy underscore podcast. You can get at me on Facebook six four three equals conspiracy, or uh, you can hit me up on my personal page on Facebook or Instagram. But that thing, I think that's going to about wrap it up for this week. Uh, if any, like I said, if anybody wants to reach out and have me look into anything, y'all and let me know. I, once again, I appreciate y'all for helping support Ryan and his family so much. It means the world to me. Uh, appreciate y'all going over there and following the different podcasts that I asked y'all to. That that means just as much to me that y'all are giving to Ryan because those those guys are really going above and beyond to help out. But all right, we'll see y'all Sunday, y'all. Appreciate it.